0: Welcome to the Dog Show with Julie Forbes. You're listening to Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. The Dog Show is brought to you in part by the Natural Pet Pantry, raw and cooked stews for your dog and cat. You can find them online at naturalpetpantry.com. They're locally made here in Burien, Washington, available in retail stores, as well as free home delivery. The dog show is also brought to you in part by All the Best Pet Care, all the best food, treats, and toys for your dog and cat. You can find them online at allthebestpetcare.com. See where all of their nine locations are around western Washington. And as always, Invisible Fence Northwest, another one of our partners you can find them online at InvisibleFenceNW.com to learn about their indoor and outdoor solutions for both dogs and cats. Gorgeous day here today. Starting in the second segment, we'll be talking with Robert Pregelman, who is the owner of SeattleDogSpot.com. We'll be talking with him about some news, uh, local news, about the fires that have been happening in uh, Elum area and the impact that that's had on The pets there and what you can do to help support them. First, I would like to talk to my booth engineer and program coordinator here at KKNW, Eric Ryder. Hi, Eric.
1: Hey, good afternoon, Julie. How are you on this fine Wednesday?
0: I'm all amped up, Eric, because of.
1: Amped up in a bad way or amped up in a good way? I
0: don't know. It depends.
1: Well, I guess uh, if it uh, equates to positive action, it's always a good way. But, <laughs> but I, I have the feeling that you're amped up because something is uh, irritating you a bit.
0: <laughs> yes, irritating. Um, I guess it's fuel to my fire. But um, yeah. do you remember a couple weeks ago, a couple weeks ago I talked with Roxanne Stone of Answers? Yes. A- answers pet food and she's the co-author of uh, answers pet foods uh, official response to the AVMA's proposed policy of um, recommending people avoid feeding raw food. Mhm. Well, and it- what's the
1: AVMA just for?
0: American Veterinary Medical Associ- Association. Okay. Thank you. Well, it did pass, unfortunately. So, I'm Peeved about that, and I'm going to have to refrain from profanity once again on the show. But
1: now this is the AVMA, right? This is their they're passing internally what they believe would be uh, right. what the veterinarians should recommend. It's right. it's not a law. It's not a law. Okay.
0: And it's not the it's specific in the wording that that vets are not required to right. even vets that. Uh, subscribe to the AVMA or who are members Mm -hmm. don't have to
1: follow their advice. But, I mean, it's it's a big deal. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's, you know, the reason there's all sorts of controversy about it. Um, It's very transparent. And um, I've gotten in touch with Susan Fixton. hopefully we'll have her back on the show soon. She is the founder of TruthAboutPetFood.com. And she is just all over everything related to pet food. Mm Mm-hmm. The main thing about it is is that their whole argument is that it's it's the dangers and and the risks of salmonella to people and pets. Mm-hmm. And the thing that just kills me about this is that we just had a recall right. on dry food yeah. for salmonella contamination. Right. It's just insane. It's like i'm I don't know they you think, know they uh, think we're all stupid or something I don't know of the
1: pet food recalls that we have had over the last uh, few years, and there's been uh, at least Many. a few of them yep uh they have all been uh, dry food dry kibble uh mass marketed uh or brands that are in your local supermarket. I have not heard one recall of any raw food or you know mm-hmm. uh, smaller made uh companies making food.
0: You know, Eric, you know, you can actually look this up mm-hmm. uh through the FDA, Food and Drug Administration. There's a uh, recent dog food recalls starting in uh July of this year, and I'm going down the list. Um the main one was the Diamond Pet Food recall, right, which the and we just um just talked about this as well as part of the problem with mass produced food is that they're like all the, I don't know what was it, 80% of the pet foods available are made within three facilities in the country that Mm. are all owned by the same person Mm -hmm. or, you know, the same group. And it's Diamond. And so when Diamond has a recall, it affects lots and lots of different brands. Many, many brands. All the way from higher quality brands, relatively like Nature's Variety, um, Canada wellness, natural balance to other, you know, foods down the line, pedigree. Um, you know, I mean, there's a list of uh, on the FDA of all the recent recalls. They haven't all been for salmonella, but a lot of them have been, which is the whole argument against raw food, which is just ridiculous. So anyway, that so I was on Susan Thixton's website. If you are interested in this topic, go to truthaboutpetfood.com. She's very um she's very informed. She has I mean she provides you with all of the information. Right. Not it's not just opinion. It's not just her opinion. Well
1: then there was another big one that was a uh, because of contaminated gluten, I remember that from China. Do yes. you remember the details of this oh, one? Oh, I
0: do, Eric. Yeah. I do.
1: it occurs to me of course that uh, any raw food would not contain any contaminated gluten because it's uh, generally meat uh, and some vegetables. Not
0: well, and it's lo- I mean it's locally <laughs> made. From China. Some of them like the natural <laughs> natural pet pantry is which is the raw food I recommend is locally made. You can anybody can go to the plant and actually see them making the food. What they did with the pet food recall in China and if you're interested in this, there's a great book called Pet Food Politics written by Marion Nestle that was very gripping drama that takes you step by step through the pet food recall. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Um, they laced wheat flour with melamine, which is high in nitrogen. Mm -hmm. So when it was tested, it passed as wheat gluten, which is a protein. So there's a difference between wheat flour and wheat gluten. Mm -hmm. And how they qualify an ingredient as protein is in the nitrogen level. They don't test for actual protein molecules. They test for nitrogen. Hmm. So they added something to the flour to boost the nitrogen content so that it looked like protein right? or a gluten. And um, melamine is deadly.
1: Hmm.
0: I mean, that's the thing about it is like, oh, the AVMA is going to come out with, oh, you know, we're going to put all this energy into, um, you know, telling people to avoid the dangers of raw food. And the truth right. is that dry foods and canned foods kill pets. Yeah. I just saw something when I was looking at this at, on the top of Susan Thixton's website, Truth About Pet Food. A pet owner contacted truthaboutpetfood.com when he received no response from Petco or Merrick after finding many small nails in Merrick dog food. Nails? Nails.
1: Now, does he mean like fingernails or does he no. mean like nails that you would hammer into a piece of wood?
0: I think if it was fingernails, they would specify right. fingernails. Yeah. Like, are those... What are those? A bunch of fingernails in my food? Right, I don't right. I No, I think nails. Crazy. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, the saga continues. And like I said, it's it's fuel to and everybody's I, You know, fire. I
1: didn't hear anything about this with the with, uh, nails in dog food, but... You know, if that had happened at, say, Wendy's, if uh, Wendy's had had, a, like, a hamburger patty that someone found a bunch of nails Oops. in it, small nails in it, yeah. yeah, that would be a headline story that uh, the whole country, we, we'd have, the, you know, the talk show hosts making jokes about that, there would be, you know, the, right. the, the, the Wendy's gate, you know, nail gate, whatever, <laughs> um, you know, that would be a very uh, big story, but uh, because it's in pet food, apparently- uh, it just gets buried. It's I
0: kind guess. Of a so. shame. Yeah. Well, it is, and it's it buried is a good word, and it's very intentional. There is a link to a video now um, that is a like a media alert fo- that was aired on a news uh, news program about raw food, and it, she was talking about Susan Thixton talks about the media warnings have begun, warning pet owners against the feeding of raw pet food um but you know it's i i guess it's just to be expected now that this policy has has gone through um the thing about it is that it's the whole reason why they're doing this is because they're funded by these big name pet foods that make dry food it's all just about the competition in the market and maintaining control of the pet food industry which they're losing their grip because you know, how many recalls? I mean, there's this whole thing from about the chicken jerky now. There's all these chicken jerkies that are being recalled because they're, I mean, they're actually harming pets. So, and those are cooked. I mean, all the problems that, you know, you can list, there's actually a long list that you can look up on the FDA website of all of the recalls that have happened with processed food. It's not raw food. But then, yet, they're, they go out and speak out about the dangers of raw food. It's just insane. Uh Well, we're going to be talking with Robert Pregelman, who I always love to talk to on the show. He is the founder of SeattleDogSpot.com. I have a column on SeattleDogSpot.com called The Sensitive Dog, and uh, you can find my writing. Um, it's just started last month, so a new article will be posted soon. SeattleDogSpot.com will be talking with Robert about some local news and uh, current events and other more, um, I guess, less maddening topics than the pet food industry. But it certainly keeps me busy. We'll be back in just a few minutes. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes on Alternative Talk 1150.
1: The dog was here first. That's what you told me. You said the dog was here first. Yeah, yeah, you said the dog was here first. If you don't like
0: it. Hi, this is Julie Forbes, your host of The Dog Show and owner of Sensitive Dog, dog training and behavior. Invisible Fence Northwest uses a balanced, gentle approach to help dogs learn their boundaries. I've seen it firsthand. They work with each person and pet as an individual and teach in a way that is fun and respectful. Your dog quickly learns it has freedom and fair boundaries so is safe, happy, and secure. Isn't that what we all want for our dogs? Save $100 when you visit InvisibleFenceNW.com. Or call 800-800-FENCE and tell them you are a dog show fan. They're there for the life of your pet. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to the Northwest School of Animal Massage, we cover the world of animals. This week, August 26th, it's the last Sunday of the month, and that means it's shelter, rescue, sanctuary, and anything that helps our animal friends Sunday. We'll check on the birds at Mollywood and the horses at All Breed Equine Rescue in Marysville. Plus, we'll have plenty of time to get to know some new organizations. All right here on Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150.
1: For home repair, remodel, and construction advice, ideas, and stories every Saturday at 10 a.m., tune in to Constructing Whatever. With over 40 years of combined experience, hosts Tim and Lynn talk about whatever. From important need-to-know topics, to fielding your questions from the latest industry news, to humorous stories from the job site. Start your weekend project day with us on Constructing Whatever.
2: This week, the cool sounds of smooth jazz. Saturday at 10
0: a.m., Do you have an injury, old or new, that won't heal? Are you fighting a cold or illness you can't kick? Do you feel like you've tried everything and are still struggling to find wellness and balance in your physical health? Have you been unimpressed with acupuncture in the past? For over a decade, Robert Meduzia has been making a difference for people who thought they had exhausted their options. Don't settle for pain and illness. Call 425-828-6190. That's 425-828-6190. Again, 425-828-6190. The Acupuncture and Sports Clinic of Kirkland. Heal faster, play longer.
1: Kemley Electric Incorporated is a full-service electrical contractor. From simple home repairs to full remodels, new construction, and small commercial projects, our qualified electricians do it all. We pride ourselves on our workmanship and professional standards, delivered with value in mind. Located in historic Ballard, Kemley Electric serves the greater Seattle metropolitan area, licensed, bonded, and insured. Kemley Electric welcomes all inquiries about your electrical needs. Visit the website, kemleyelectric.com. That's K-E-M-L-Y electric.com.
2: Real people, real life, real radio. Really. Alternative Talk 1150.
0: The dog had grabbed my leg and made it like
1: it was his ball. Said the dog was
0: here first. That's what Welcome back to the Dog Show with Julie Forbes. You're listening to Alternative there. Talk 11:50 a.m. and we're back with Robert Pregelman, who's the owner and founder of SeattleDogSpot.com. Hi, Robert.
2: Hey, Julie. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing well. I wish I was up on Orcas Island like you are, but
2: you had to rat me out. <laughs>
0: But I am uh, happily here doing the show in the city, plugged in. Um, Now, Robert, tell us a little bit before we get going um, about what we want to talk about today, about your site, seattledogspot.com.
2: Well, I started uh, started blogging about it about a year and a half ago. The actual site went up in February, and the idea was to create um, a one-stop shopping place for Seattle dog owners where they can get all the information they wanted about dog services, um, keep them up to date about local dog stories, and really tailor it locally so people will know what's going on in the dog community or if they need any sort of information about what's going on, they can just go to one spot.
0: hmm So you have um, news stories, uh, mm-hmm. resources for people uh, as far as businesses, uh, listings, all sorts of stuff. It's a great website, seattledogspot.com. Check it out. Um, I just saw this uh, article about Massachusetts caught my eye because that's where I'm from. Uh-huh. Uh, I was born and raised there And uh, about this article that says a Massachusetts couple dies while trying to save dog from a lake.
2: Yeah, that mm. was a really sad story.
0: Yeah. Gosh. All right, so well, what I what I wanted to talk to you about which which is something that's been happening locally here, or the is this gigantic fire that's out in Eastern Washington in Cle Elum? Well, not too far east, but uh, kind of just over the pass from us here in Seattle, and the impact that it's having, uh, among many other things, but on the pets
2: there. Mm-hmm.
0: So, what do you know about this fire? I, it's, it's huge. I heard it was like half the size of Seattle and like the size of Tacoma.
2: Yes, it was about the size of Tacoma. If you go to um, any website in Kittadass County, you can see the, the pictures and the incredible space that the fire covered. Um, it's one of the biggest in Washington in quite a while, and obviously the people who live in that area are dramatically affected. Um, it's big horse country, too, so there's lots of horses and farm animals involved. Um, mm-hmm sometimes gets lost in all this is the fact that a lot of these folks had pets as well. Yeah. Um, and the good news is the fire is um, almost under control. I think today they said they hope to have it 100% contained. So okay. it, is, it is still um, burning down, but there are lots of people who lost their homes. I think up to close to 100 mm. homes were burned um, and a lot of people still can't return to their houses and a lot of those people do own pets and um whether they had to leave before they could take their pets with them and they don't know where their pets are or they do have their pets with them but they have no food or shelter to um, take care of them there's just a lot of folks that um brave the fire to get their pets out or are trying to find their pets and there's just um uh, without the help of the hundreds of volunteers that are working right now, uh, they wouldn't uh, they wouldn't be able to find their pets or take care of them. And there's just an incredible volunteer network that's been set up since the fire started, specifically just to help pets and pet owners.
0: Mm-hmm. And you had sent me an article um, titled "Community Rallies to Help Animals," and um, I'll post a link to this article on our homepage, which is dogradioshow.com. And do you have, I assume you have a link to it Mm -hmm. on seattledogspot.com as well. And, um, you know, talking about this one person who was, you know, watching the fire from his home in Snohomish and and then um, just started getting out there looking for displaced animals to...
2: Yeah, this was an unemployed um, uh, guy that... In, in Snohomish, that uh, he was a he's a fiberglass laminate worker, and um, he saw what was going on in uh, Ellensburg and wanted to help people with pets. And he drove around Snohomish County, picking up supplies and getting people to make donations. And he drove them down to Kittitas last Friday, and then he ended up staying the weekend, driving all over the county trying to find. Uh, pets that were lost and roaming around um, and rescue them and take them to shelters where owners could be reunited with them. And there's dozens of stories like that of people that just love animals and understood the danger that the wildfire posed to pets uh, and wanted to help out. Hmm.
0: So it says that they they were just sort of out there driving around and they came across... Um, a collie that Mm -hmm. was just running around and were able to, um, the dog was, you know, and the problem with dogs that are displaced is that they are frightened usually and they're not easy to catch. I mean, unfortunately, I can't even tell you how many times I've seen a dog running loose past my house in my neighborhood in Seattle. And, you know, we run out and, you know, grab treats, which we have by the door and run out and, you know, try to get it. And a lot of times, as soon as the dog sees you coming at them, they just take off.
2: Yeah, that is a big problem. There was, um, We posted a picture of a a black lab a couple days ago on our Facebook page where that was exactly the problem. He was roaming around on one of the highways um, near the fire and nobody could catch him because he was just so freaked out about what was going on. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was another uh, great Pyrenees that they were fortunately able to catch that had been singed, her fur was singed, and her pads were burnt from the fire as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are a lot of stories like that. But mm-hmm. fortunately, um, through the work of a number of volunteers, and actually some of the um, the uh, veterinarians and rescue groups in the area, they've opened their doors to these um, homeless pets and are working to reunite them with their owners. So the Ellensburg Animal Hospital, Um, the animal hospital in Cleelum and the VCA animal hospitals in several parts of uh, South King County are taking in these animals that have been displaced by the fire and holding them for free until Mm -hmm. their owners can be uh, tracked down and they can get them back together. Mm -hmm.
0: And what can people do to help support these efforts in uh, you know, holding these animals until they can be reunited with their people?
2: Um, well, the, the people like us that aren't down there in the mix mm-hmm. um, can, if you look at the post I did on my site today, there's the latest on what people can do to make donations. Um, there are still the, um, uh, the shelters with the extra animals that they have now need food um, and other things to take care of them. Um, people can make financial donations, um, and drop them off at a number of places in Kittitas County or through PayPal. Mm. Um, and there's the, the, one of the main rescue groups in the area is called the Upper Kittitas County, um, ARF, Animal Rescue, A-R-R-F. Um, they also have a PayPal site that people can, um, make contributions through. And, um, The uh, link for that is also in the post that I did today.
0: Okay, and I also see on that post that there's a Facebook page that people could go to, Taylor Bridge Fire Animal Recovery Facebook page. And so Mm -hmm. this is called the Taylor Bridge Fire for people who may not have known that.
2: Yes, that's a huge uh, asset that somebody posted just after the fire started, and it's where all animal... Lovers and people searching for the animals are exchanging information about what's going on. And the woman who runs it is called Terry Bentz, and she's done a great job of coordinating all of the rescue work and volunteer work. And if you need to get the latest on what's going down um, in Kittitas County or what they need or where to take things, that's the best place for the information.
0: Okay. And you have some links in this article as well as for... Where financial donations can be made, Uh, Kittitas County Fairgrounds, Kashmir Valley Bank locations, Old Mill. I mean, there's a whole bunch of locations, and this, and then also a link to the Upper Kittitas County's ARF Animal Rescue um, email addresses, phone numbers, and uh, you know all that information you can get through your top post. It's your, I believe, your most recent post on seattledogspot.com. And it sounds like that Facebook page is a good one, too, to kind of keep plugged into it. Taylor Bridge Fire Animal Recovery Facebook page.
2: Absolutely. And just just one quick note to people also, Mm -hmm. um, in cases like this where there is a huge disaster, some people may try to profit off The generosity of people that want to help so really um the places on my facebook site or on my uh, website or on the facebook page that we told you about those are the places you should be donating if you want to donate
0: so people will actually like form like say oh donate to us Mm -hmm. in to help the efforts and they're just pocketing the money
2: yep i'm not saying that's happening now but it's happened in the past yeah
0: that is unbelievable that somebody would do that Mm. Um, okay. Well, wonderful. Thank you so much for, you know, posting all of this information and, and having, um, you know, a place where people can go to get updates and to learn or to find out this information of, you know, where can I donate? What can I do? What can I donate? Um, you know, they don't just need money, although that's always a great way to support really any effort. Mm -mm. Um, But supplies and food and, you know, extra crates and leashes even. I mean, stuff like that. Absolutely. They can all benefit from. So, again, you can find out. uh, That's uh, Robert's most recent post on seattledogspot.com. You can go there to see this top article with all of that information on uh, who you can connect with to help support the efforts there. You know, whenever like when the tsunami in Japan happened, like when oftentimes when these huge disasters happen um, anywhere in the world, that's always where I go is I I think of the pets. And it's not something that is a focus in the media um, or even mentioned, you know, barely mentioned, but it's a huge I mean, that would be uh, horrendous for me if, you know, if if i was somebody who was affected by a disaster it would be it would be my pets that would be my first concern in addition to you know family and friends but my pets how if i couldn't get to my pets or you know all that kind of stuff so it's such a huge a huge um important way to help support people in the community and and to help reunite them with their pets who've been been displaced especially so absolutely all right, well, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more conversation with Robert Pregelman and SeattleDogspot.com. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes on Alternative Talk 1150.
1: Shame, shame please come back. Your former matter.
0: Natural Pet Pantry is Seattle's original source for wholesome dog and cat meals, offering eight different proteins to accommodate your pet's dietary needs. Made locally using all U.S. sourced ingredients, their freshly ground stews, Raw or cooked can be purchased from their Burien shop, most independent pet supply stores, or delivered right to your home. Natural Pet Pantry will even work with your vet to custom blend a prescription diet for your pet's unique needs. Go to naturalpetpantry.com for more information. Natural Pet Pantry, it just makes sense
1: specializing in spinal decompression, chiropractic and physiotherapy. Dr. Justin Favreau and his team uses integrative evidence-based treatments to provide his patients with comprehensive care that works with the body as a whole connected system. Director of the Advanced Rehabilitation and Wellness Center, Dr. Favreau would love to find a solution for your symptoms of pain, numbness and tingling, headaches, allergies, fatigue and general malaise. Contact Dr. Favreau at 206-497-4962 or go to advancedrehabandwellness.com. That's advancedrehabandwellness.com.
0: This is Julie Forbes, dog training, behavior, and nutrition specialist and owner of Sensitive Dog
1: Conversations Live with Vicki St. Clair discusses issues that are important to you like good health and well-being, finding a new job and building your business, overcoming life's big challenges and making sense out of chaos and living with passion and joy. Join us Mondays at noon Pacific for Conversations Live with Vicki St. Clair. See ConversationsLive.net for show schedule and guest information.
2: Outside the box, outside the norm, inside your radio. Alternative Talk, 1150.
0: Welcome back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. You're listening to Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. We're back with Robert Pregelman, who's the founder and owner of SeattleDogSpot.com, your one-stop shop for everything you could need for your dog to know about, uh, events, news, highlights, resources, businesses, you name it. SeattleDogSpot.com. Welcome back, Robert. Hi. So we were talking, if you are just tuning in, we were talking in the last segment about the Taylor Bridge Fire, which is something happening locally here in Washington State a huge fire that's they're saying is like the size of Tacoma. And, um, it sounds like, um, they've, they're hoping that by the end of the day today, that it will be a hundred percent under control or contained, uh, which I, 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 hope is the case. And, uh, we're talking about the impact that that has had on the community's pets and, and animals otherwise as well. Um, you know livestock and and horses and and there's a a huge effort to uh you know support the people out there um both with supplies and food and uh financial support and for all of that information uh the top post under dog blog highlights on the homepage is on seattledogspot.com. dot com. You can see the article, uh, Volunteers Step Up to Save Animals During Taylor Bridge Fire, has all the information you need to connect with the people who are um, sort of leading those efforts and uh, you know, support them however you can, whether it be with donations or extra supplies or you know get in touch and find out what they need. But it's really, really important efforts. There's a lot of displaced animals just roaming around. And there's a lot of animals that are in custody, but need to be fed and and kept and housed and all that stuff. So, so thanks so much for posting about that, Robert, and keeping us uh, up to date. Now, a couple weeks ago, when we were, <clears throat> we're back now to Seattle. <laughs> Typical Seattle summer. It's like kind of cool out, um, which is fine with me because I don't like the heat. Me
2: neither.
0: But uh, a couple weeks ago, I think it was. Um, in the middle of our heat wave, maybe it was even last week, um, you know, it was quite hot. And I spoke a little bit to just reminding people to be really careful with their pets in this heat. Um, Of course, the main thing is the cars and to not leave your dog in the car when it's hot out in the sun. And it doesn't even have to be that hot. I mean, it doesn't need to be in the 80s and 90s. It can be in the 70s and relatively cool, and that sun can still be hot, and cars are like ovens. And, Robert, you said that uh, Seattle Animal Shelter has been getting uh, lots of calls about dogs and cars.
2: Yes, and I'll try to keep under control because this is really a pet peeve of mine. (laughs) Get Um, your
0: uh, bleeper button ready, Eric.
2: (laughs) Not that bad. Um, So last weekend was the hottest um, in Seattle of the year. I think it was 90 degrees both days. Mm. And I look at all the local Facebook pages for the animal shelters every day, and I noticed that the Seattle Animal Shelter posted that it responded to 20 calls reporting animals in hot cars in the, mm. uh, over the three-day weekend. And it was just mind-boggling to me because there have been so many reminders to people about not leaving their car, their dogs in a car, even with the windows cracked on a hot day, it's not going to make any difference in how quickly yeah. it can kill your dog. And especially in Seattle, where people are, are very responsible pet owners for the most part. Right. And they interviewed this woman who went, uh, who took her dog with her, went inside the um The strip mall and um, a good Samaritan walked by, saw the dog, saw the dog that was in distress. He waited a couple of minutes and uh, when she didn't show up, he called animal control and they saved the dog's life. When they interviewed the woman on TV, she said, well, I was just gone for 30 minutes. Yeah, that's kind of what I did because (laughs) it just takes a few minutes for the temperature to, to rise. The reporter had a thermometer and she showed how the car temperature can rise up to 100 over 110 degrees in just a few minutes.
0: Yeah. And I was talking when I when I was talking about this on the show either last week or the week before about how dogs cool themselves and they are not as efficient in cooling themselves as we are. We right. can our entire bodies pretty much can sweat profusely if needed and basically drench us, which is a very effective way in cooling. And dogs don't sweat. I mean, they sweat only through their paw pads, which is not a way to cool the body. They sweat through their breathing. And that is even more problematic when the air that they're breathing is 100 degree air or 90 degree air. Right. And cracking windows doesn't do anything to help keep a car cool when the temperature's hot. It it just doesn't do
2: anything. Even leaving them halfway down doesn't help on a a hot day when the air is still. It's not going to change it much.
0: I mean, I don't even like to see dogs tied out in direct sunlight. I've seen dogs in distress, not even in a car, but just, you know, out in the sun, exposed to direct sunlight when it's that hot. You know, it doesn't even have to be in a car.
2: I will, will say the good news in this story is that animal control was called 20 times. So there were 20 people yeah. that saw 20 dogs in these cars. Mm-hmm. And I, I see stories every summer about people that um, uh, call animal control, but they don't show up for an hour or two. Um, and uh, other stories about people having to smash windows with bricks because nobody shows up. And, and it really is a testament to Seattle animal control because they do a really good job of responding when people call.
0: Well, that's what I was going to ask. I mean, are they, you know, are they able to respond to these calls and what do they do? I mean, will they show up and and, you know, smash the window just to get the dog out? Like, do they have the authority to do that?
2: You know, that's a good question that I will ask them and get back to you on because I don't know the answer to that. Yes. But um, uh, I would have. Well, I can't speak for them. I would imagine they would if they had to, but um, I don't know the answer, but I'll find out because I know that some animal control have done that.
0: Yeah. And the thing about it is that we're not just talking about like, oh, the dog's hot. Like this will, this kills dogs. Like it it could kill your dog to do this. That's the the thing about it.
2: Yeah. I mean, it boils their, their brain basically. It, yeah. can, it can do a lot of damage in a short amount of time and it's really yeah. a, a a horrible thing to happen to them. It's not, it's not pain-free either.
0: Right. Yeah. And so unnecessary. Yeah. And yeah, it is. It's frustrating. It's like how many times does this have to be in the news and, and, you know, have to be out there? How many stories about dogs that died in cars and everybody's talking about it? And there's, um, you know, flyers I see up in vets offices and stores about mm-hmm. the warnings about the temperature and, you know, year after year after year. And then yet, yet we still have People like you mentioned, who you know interviewed on this, uh, was it a news station? That it somebody...
2: was. It was Como, and okay. they did interview her. And you know, I can't. I don't know anything about her other than she looks like a nice woman that is educated, and she has a nice car, and she had a purebred dog in there, some sort of spaniel. Mm. And you would think somebody like that would know better, but yeah. Sometimes the word doesn't get to everybody. I guess. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well um well yeah 20 calls and it is it is a good uh you know a good point that that they you know the upside of the story is that animal control you know that they are getting calls and that people are on the lookout you know c- citizens are out there and you know people will notice i know i do
2: absolutely it's, <laughs> it's really important for all of us to keep an eye out and if you see a dog in a car on a hot day that that and the windows aren't rolled down. Yeah. Um, stay there a few minutes and see if anybody's going to show up.
0: Yeah. I actually did this once um, years ago in Massachusetts. And it was out, I think I was visiting and um, visiting during the summertime. And I was outside of a grocery store or something. And there was a car with the windows totally, like totally sealed. So there weren't even any windows <laughs> down. And a dog inside, and I was I was with my mom, and I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe... So I'm, like, getting all worked up, waiting outside the car for the person to come back, mm-hmm. you know, thinking up of what I was going to say to them. And then I realized that the car was running and the air conditioning was on. <laughs> <laughs> and I was glad that I realized that before I reamed them out. Um, because, so... Yeah, that's
2: also good, although, you know, then somebody can hop in the car and take the dog, but uh, at
0: least they were thinking. Yeah, I mean, I used to, when I was in New England, if I had to run in somewhere, I had two keys, and I would leave one in the car with the car running with the air conditioning on, and then I would lock it with the other key so that the car was locked. Uh, Yeah, but I can't do that anymore, so... Anyway, good, good to keep a lookout on that. And just a reminder, you know, for any amount of time when it's super, super hot, especially um, just don't do it. Don't bring your dog out. Be real careful with that. And also just careful about, you know, exercise and the hot sun and taking your dog jogging. I saw my mom saw some, uh, some kids with dogs running alongside their bikes, like midday in, in the, you know, hottest time of day. And, I just don't think, you know, they can get overheated and they don't cool like we do. You just have to be real careful.
2: And they're wearing fur coats.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, let's take a quick break. We'll be back with more conversation with Robert Pregelman, owner and founder of SeattleDogSpot.com. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes on Alternative Talk
1: 1150.
0: This is Julie Forbes, your host of The Dog Show. If you've been listening, you already know how I feel about Invisible Fence Northwest and their safety solutions for dogs. But get this, they help cats too. They tell me they've helped thousands of felines enjoy safe freedom outdoors or can keep them safe inside. They also have gentle ways to create a dog-free zone for your cat. So your dog will stay away from your cat's litter box and food bowls. Visit InvisibleFenceNW.com or call 800-800-FENCE and tell them you want the dog show discount. Invisible Fence for the life of your pet.
1: Who is Jopra? What is Jopra?
2: When is Jopra?
1: Joe Janot is the host of a brand new show called Jopra. Joe has been nicknamed Jopra by his friends and colleagues who find his advice and insight to be enlightening, just like a certain other talk show host of World Without. Born and raised in Seattle, independent-minded Joe Janot is bringing issues to the airwaves that make you ponder, laugh, and deliberate. The Jopra Show is about the ins and outs of food and drink, relationships, entertainment, and so much more. Get to know Jopra every Thursday at 2, right here on Alternative Talk 1150.
0: This is Julie Forbes, dog training, behavior, and nutrition specialist and owner of Sensitive Dog www.sensitivedog.com.
2: Ahead of the talk radio curve, naturally. Alternative Talk 1150.
0: Welcome back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. You're listening to Alternative Talk 1150 AM. We here at The Dog Show just love raw food. We recommend raw food feeding Uh, Not something to avoid, in my opinion, at all. And that's pertaining to what I was talking about in the first segment of this show and many other shows. Um, Recently had on, though, Roxanne Stone with Answers Pet Food uh, talking about the American Veterinary Medical Association's new uh, policy of uh, recommending that people avoid feeding raw food diets because of the dangers of salmonella. Anyway. So back today with Robert Pregelman, who's the founder and owner of Seattledogspot.com. Welcome back to the show, Robert. Thanks. And um, you know, Robert, have you now, I know that you have dogs. you have multiple dogs, is that right? Or just yeah, one? we have two you have two dogs. And have you prior to prior to your current dogs, have you had dogs before? Yes, okay. And so you have experienced grieving a dog.
2: Unfortunately, yes,
0: yeah, well um I on the show so we I, we've been on the air for over three and a half years now, and um I've done a number of shows on on loss and grief, and um actually lost my first dog um as an adult i, I had dogs as a kid, mm-hmm. um, but my my first dog, who I got, who was mine um He died um, about six months after I started the show. So it's been about three years now, actually, almost exactly. Uh And um, and did actually did a a show, not the show that was just a couple days after he passed away, but the next show. So it was like a week and a half after he passed. I did a show and actually just talked about my experience with him and, you know, what happened and everything. And then I've interviewed uh, Michelle Nichols, who we're going to have back on soon. Uh, who's the founder of the A Help Project, mm-hmm. Animal Hospice End of Life and Palliative Care Project? Um, just great work that they do. And I've had John Katz on, who's a, a wonderful author who wrote a book, among among other books that I highly recommend and have enjoyed. He did write a book about um, loss and um, you know finding peace when pets die. Mm-hmm. And um, it's been the topic that I have gotten the most feedback about that has um, sort of inspired people to write to me who, you know, either listen locally or who listen all over the country through our podcasts on iTunes because all of our shows are archived on iTunes um, and on our website, too, which is com. It's the topic that I get the most emails from people, you know, thanking me about talking about it and that they just, you know, they just lost their dog and, you know, people just don't really understand how big of a deal it is and all that stuff. Anyway, so Chewy, my boy, my first experience, you know, really intense experience grieving a dog, um, when he was young, my ex had a... um Husky. And he and Chewy were very good friends, and we lived together first for roommates as a while, and then we were together for a couple years. And I was very, you know, just loved this dog. And he was, um, I just really, really, really loved this dog. And then, you know, we parted ways, and it's been quite some time now. It's been like, Mm -hmm. you know, 10 years, at least probably, since we were together. But that dog just just a couple days ago passed away and it just hit me like it, it was intense. Like, um, I just, I saw the post on Facebook and I just burst into tears and, um, you know, this is a dog I haven't seen in several years. And, you know, I was very saddened by his death. And then I think it also just sort of instantly resurfaced, you know, remembering how I felt losing Chewy and how sad that was, how hard that was. Mm-hmm to say goodbye to them in their physical form. And uh it just was like god, it's such a trip. The, you know, grieving pets is such an intense thing and it's there's just not much out it's not really talked about like mainstream like it like like people are,
2: but No, and it's it's like losing a family member.
0: Yeah, right. and it's even it's even different than that because it's, you know, it's your pet and it, mm-hmm. you know the bond is is different and not better or worse, but, or not worse, but um, it's different. You know, people have a different kind of connection with their pets. And, and it's it's as deep, for sure, as as a family member or a very close friend. Um, and very intense and apparently a long process yes. grieving because it just kind of uh, came back and smacked me upside the head when, when a dog that I associated with my old dog passed away. Um, I
2: still have the collar... From my first dog, you know. he died in 1985. Wow. <laughs> and it still hurts.
0: Yeah. What kind of dog? He was a mutt. Yeah.
2: He was just a mutt, but he was my, I was still a kid, but it, he was my dog. I took care of him. He mm-hmm. went everywhere with me. And mm-hmm. he died when I was in my early 20s. And it was just a horrendous, horrible experience mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I had no idea was going to I was going to feel that intensely.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen the photo of, there's like this viral photo of this uh, man and his dog in, yes. in the lake?
2: Mm-hmm. I, I did a post on that a couple of days ago.
0: mm It's such a sweet photo. So there's this guy that has a dog that's so arthritic that he can't sleep because he's in so much pain. And so he b- pulls him in the lake, brings him into the lake, and the lake soothes the dog enough so that he can fall asleep. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to speak to this, though. Like, maybe it's time to let the dog go.
2: Yeah, he's 19. The dog is 19. Yeah. And it's, it's a mid-sized dog, so it's not a mm-hmm. dog that normally lives that long. And mm-hmm. I think um, it was about to head in that direction. And now that he has gotten such worldwide attention, um, he people have sent him money to get stuff done for the dog that will ease the dog's pain and make him mm. feel a lot better. I don't know if it's still mm. bad or not, but mm. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. if the dog can't sleep because he's in so much pain. Yeah. But, you know, who are we to say what somebody should do with their dog?
0: For sure. I mean, it's, of course, um, the first of all, This this man obviously just it takes exceptional care of his dog. I mean, Mm -hmm. for him to do that is so sweet. It brings up though, a topic that is important. I think for, you know, in, I experienced this with my own dog and I, I see it in the world that, you know, we, and it's not just with pets. I mean, this is the human medical industry is set up this way as well, but, you know, sometimes, especially, you know, in, in old age, I mean, we, just as a society, fear death so much, yeah, and we do everything oftentimes, and sort of the mentality out there oftentimes is we do everything possible to avoid death when yeah. maybe it's just time, you know i mean it death is as natural as birth, and it's you know that's one thing we all have in common is we're all gonna die someday, right. And it's, and I'm not saying it's easy because I struggled with this decision with my own dog and I know how hard it is for people to be able to really see clearly when they're in it because the emotions are so intense. Right. Um. But I just, that's just something that kind of came to me. It's like, gosh, if this dog is in so much pain that he can't even sleep, like what kind of an existence is that? You know, maybe it's time to let him go if he's doing, obviously he's doing everything in his power to make him comfortable, but you know, what is the dog's quality of life?
2: Yeah, well, they can't make the decision. And part of being the dog's guardian is to understand when it's time to let go. And I know that that it's a horrible decision. And I've got an older dog that's sitting right here. He's going to be 11. Mm. And um, at some point, you just have to figure out, are you keeping the dog alive for you? Or is it Mm -hmm. for the dog? Yeah, is it best for the dog? Or is it best for you? And if it's you're doing it for you, then it's probably time to let it go, but uh, what an awful decision people have to make.
0: I know. And that's the thing, is that we, you know, we keep them alive when we intervene and, we, you know, with nature, I mean, if if animals, if our dogs were living in the wild, they would be, uh, you know, they would die a lot younger than they do now. I mean, they mm-hmm. live so long because of us and because of the care that we give them and the hopefully food that we feed them and, you know, the the veterinary care that they receive and the shelter and, you know, all that stuff. I mean, they live longer than they would normally. So where you you take away, you take out of the conversation, you know, to to let them go naturally, you know, oftentimes isn't an option anymore because if that were the case, they would have passed away quite some time ago. Right. So we then also have to be responsible for that decision of when is it time to let them go. And I think the main thing is to be an advocate for the dog. And, you know, if the dog's in a tremendous amount of pain and is uncomfortable, then, you know, to, to do what's best. And it, it it is, you know, I know and you know it's, it's such a, a hard, agonizing decision to make, and it's really hard to see clearly when you're in it. Absolutely. Yeah, but that was just something that came to me when I saw that really beautiful photo and such a sweet photo. Um, that was something that's sort of a side thought that I had that I did want to mention.
2: And people can probably find that picture pretty easily. Just Google "man holding dog yeah. in water." And oh yeah, it, it's it's getting millions of hits. Oh. But just the, the just the picture itself is amazing.
0: Oh, it is. I mean, it's so quiet, and it just you know, a picture's worth a thousand words. It's mm-hmm. just amazing. All right. Well, Robert, always a pleasure to have you on the show. And uh, I'll have a new article posted soon on my column on seattledogspot.com. I'm excited about that.
2: Yep, we're looking forward to it.
0: And if you've missed any of our past shows, you can find them all archived on our website, dogradioshow.com. We're also available as a free audio podcast on iTunes. And you can find us on Facebook. And just search for The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. You can also find seattledogspot.com on Facebook as well. Until next time, Robert, enjoy Orcas Island. Thanks for listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes on Alternative Talk 1150.